There's a podcast that shows all the new episodes and the guests graduated from Jordan. And the guests graduated in 2004. <laughs> Perfect. That was the best one yet, Steve. That was good. That took a lot of work. <laughs> if you've made it this far into the episode, welcome to the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Steve. And this is Gonzo. Gonzo, how you doing? Good. Two episodes in a row, like two Mondays in a row, we have episodes. I hope the listeners just really just appreciate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> People will be like, so many, what am I going to do with all these episodes? <laughs> it's like, I can't, I got to squeeze another hour into my day. How's it going? You know what? Things are good. No, things have been busy. We've had a lot of birthdays and things. Uh, and so a lot of celebrating. It's kind of like, I'm glad all that's been pushed back and it's out of the way now. So we can just get back to normal life and. For us, it's, it's just the beginning. So starting October till till the end of the year, we have like birthdays and holidays and birthdays and holidays like uh, for my, for our family. It's like all the birthdays are backloaded mm-hmm. at the end of the year. It's like, what were you guys doing nine months ago? It. <laughs> <laughs> I love this time of year though. Like, So today it snowed. It's been like really cold. Yeah. But I, I love it because it's just that transition from fall kind of into the colder months it's not hot i feel like people generally are in a much better mood right now because it's not hot but they're not stressing out by the holidays you know so at least at the dentist i don't know people i talk to are generally a little bit happier i love early fall it's just and honestly i'm good with like winter up until like the second week of january i'm like i'm done i'm like ready for spring but for now it is like nice and new and it's like you get cozy you're like drinking warm drinks um it's just like a, a fun time of the year. So yeah. we're excited. I love living in a place where we have seasons. Yeah. Like, so it did snow today. It was snowing pretty hard. Oliver was like so excited. Oh, yeah. And we like, <laughs> at first he's just like, okay, like let him out in the backyard. He was kind of playing in the snow a little bit. And like, we're like, okay, come in, come in. He like didn't want to come in. So we like bundled him up and he was out there playing for a while. The girls were That's playing awesome. outside too. It was like, and so it's fun. Like the first snow of the year. And it's like pretty fun. Really exciting. We were driving home from Sandy and it was like coming down way bad. Yeah. I like, man, I just want to be driving faster, but I can't. I can't see the road very good. And so, tis the season. I know. That's the thing. It's like the winter The winter driving bugs people. So It's okay. You know, I've been doing it for 20 years now. <laughs> nice. Perfect. It's a quick math in my head. Um, who are we talking to tonight? So tonight we have Taylor Malmrose. Um, he's like... I have good memories from him. He's a fun kid in high school. Like, I, my memories of him are, like, band. He is, like, a, a band. And I think I may have mentioned this with him, but I just remember him, like, bobbing his head, like, playing that bass, just loving it. Like, just, <laughs> I just think one that's, like, he really loves, like, playing music. And if anything, like, I, I'm envious to for the people that, like, can play the piano really well and just get there and jam or, like, play mm-hmm. music. I, like... I love that. I wish I could do that. Well, like some of these people, like look with Taylor, it, multiple instruments, really yeah. good at a bunch of different instruments. I think that's a cool talent. And you're right about the head bobbing thing. I think some of those videos that Bryson shared with us, yeah, you could see some of those where he's doing exactly that. So it's like we'll have to go maybe do some searching and find it and add it to it. But uh, I'm excited to talk to him. I can't wait to see what he has to say. All right. So here's our conversation with Taylor. 
I'd probably uh, be somewhere else, but my computer's dead, and I wanted to show you my my guitar hey. and all of our all of our junk over here. But that's <laughs> like a that, that's a bass, right? Yeah, that's a bass guitar. Okay, because I remember your. It's like my memory of your high school is playing the bass in like the jazz band, right? Yeah, and just the Taylor Momros like like <laughs> head nod. That's like that, that your classic move is what I remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, constantly going. <laughs> but, so Taylor, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thank, thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. We've really been looking forward to this one. Yeah, um, for sure. It's like just <laughs> awesome that you were willing to come on and, and share with us. So why don't you uh, take a minute and just catch us up what you've been up to the last 18 years? All right. Oh, boy. Okay, so I, I took a whole bunch of notes here, but uh, I'll try not to look at them. <laughs> uh, Right before we graduated, um, I found out that I needed knee surgery. Hmm. Um, and so I was like limping into the school, uh, right before graduation ceremony, um, with my guitar in one hand, my amplifier in the other hand, and I'm like gimping it from <laughs> the school over to the Southtown Expo Center because I hadn't had surgery that's yet. That's pretty young for knee surgery at, at 18, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure exactly what caused it, but I, I used to be in a performing group um, where I would sing and dance, and we'd be down kind of on the ground twisting and just doing some different dance moves. And uh, the doctor said it's from bending your knee and twisting it, so I'm assuming it's from from being in that dance group because it would always like feel like it pops out of place. Oh, wow. And it was the cartilage flipping in between the bones. And oh, so gosh. I would just have to straighten it to get it back. And uh, it would just pop. And then it would be fine. But this was the one time it didn't pop back into place. And they were like, yeah, you need surgery. And <laughs> it was right after all the paperwork was done for my mission. I had my mission call. And so it's like, oh, wait a minute. I'm not really cleared to go anymore. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so funny. Yeah. Did that affect like your you going on a mission or Yeah, it did. Um so my so I started my mission um on September fifteenth and it was English speaking. I went to Tucson, Arizona, and uh the missionary training center had they had me there for three weeks. And the first like nine days I was there, I think it was the ninth day I was there, they called me into the office and they said they said, you've had some knee surgery since you were cleared to go on your mission. And I said, yeah. So they said, okay, tell me about it. Uh, long story short, they ended up sending me home later that day. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I was in for nine days and they said, we don't know how long you're going to be out for. So, you know, you're, you're going to be unofficial. You'll get released as soon as you get home. And uh, five days later, I was able to get approval to go back. So I was out for five days, went back for another week or so, and then flew down to Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> wow. Did you watch a whole bunch of movies and kiss a bunch of girls in that five days? <laughs> I, I did watch some movies, yeah. Uh, I, I, don't think, I don't think I had my first kiss until uh, after, sometime after the mission. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> wow. Did you a, get to funny. like... Extra car privileges in Tucson, or be like, I can't be riding bikes. I had a knee surgery. So, were you like always in a car area? Maybe. 
No, they, so they, they wrote me kind of a letter to say you're approved to go out in the mission field, but no hyperflexion, which is moving it like this, like a bike or walking or yeah. anything. Biking was Segway. fine. I was. Yeah. <laughs> <Segway>. <laughs> I was, so I was biking about 50% of the time and riding in a car about 50% of the time. Um, and it was fine. Like I was probably in the best shape of my life on my mission because of my knee and uh, just trying to keep it in shape. Mm. Um, and <laughs> I think I'm, I'm heavier and fatter than I ever was right now, but I'm probably in the best shape I have of my life right now because I've been running, but that's, yeah, I'll get to that later. We were talking about running, mm. but, uh, but yeah, so I'm intrigued. My ears are burning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still, I'm still fat and, you know, old. I, I I turned 37 this year, so I told every I tell everybody I'm not old. I'm 37. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but I mean, there is like, and I mean, we can get into it, but it's like you can have very strong legs and very like healthy cardiovascular system and still have like a gut. Like I've seen like some guys that train for like the Ironman and have like a big old gut and just like are running it and swimming it just fine. And, you know, it's just like being thin and being strong or being thin and being healthy aren't always like hand in hand, you know? Yeah. That yeah. makes us all feel a little better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but because the, it might not be true, but at least it makes me no, feel No, there is like your body size, your actual body shape and size has more to do with your genetics than with your like actual health. Like there are some bigger people that are really healthy. But I mean, obviously there are some big people that are also unhealthy, but it's, it's not a, a one-to-one -one ratio like right <laughs> yeah i'm like i was watching that mr jordan show and i'm like dude these guys were ripped in high school i don't even think i was there that day that, <laughs> that like they Dan had Hansen? that assembly. i know i abs saw all those guys the, there yeah. is abs all the way down <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i was just a little scrawny you know a little rat in high school <laughs> so yeah the mission was fine uh my knee was fine um, it was, it was kind of a different experience, uh, for me than I think it is for a lot of people. Cause I was like, so hardcore. I don't know. I don't know how open I was about this before my mission, but I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to preach Jesus to all the, you know, the people over in Afghanistan and <laughs> all this stuff. And then it shows up and I'm like, what? Tucson, Arizona. This is like, I was just so disappointed. And, and I was like, that's okay. It's going to be fine. We'll go. And it was probably the worst two years. Everybody says it's the best two years, but, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, another subject that's, um, it was, it was more like, uh, uh I felt like I was babysitting missionaries who didn't want to be there, <laughs> but yeah, we could, we could get into that at a different time. But anyways, um, <laughs> came back end of summer of 2006, I came back. Uh, worked at Bajio Mexican Grill in mm -hmm. Sandy for yeah. a little while. <laughs> what else did I do? I worked at a bank, went to Salt Lake Community College, got my associate's degree, um, and then I transferred up to Weber State and uh, was studying music up there. And uh, I guess it was the first summer, so the summer that I had left for Weber State, I was still playing in the Weber State band, their parade band. So I played in that group, and uh, 
I met this, this girl, um, her name was Amy and, and she was like really hardcore about everything. Just like she went to Bingham high school, one of our big rivals, and she's, uh, talking up the music program there. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't think it was as good as the one at Jordan. Cause we were just, we were good. <laughs> and, um, but anyways, I, I, you know, we hung out a lot. I took, had my Facebook profile picture in her car and then, you know, a year later, we're both in the band again, and I didn't remember her at all from the year before. Um, I walked in, and I'm just like, okay, we're going to play. And I looked over, I said, yeah, she's pretty cute. Um, I'm going to stay over here. I'm not going to go over there. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm looking, I'm like, okay, she's playing the same instrument as me. This is going to look weird. We're both playing the same instrument. We're supposed to be in the same place. Okay, I'm going to walk over. And what am I going to say? Well, okay. Uh, so I've planned out what I'm going to say. I'm going to say hi. She says, <laughs> always a safe start. Yeah. Right? <laughs> she says, hi, Taylor. And I'm like, how in the world do you know my name? And, and she's like, well, uh, your Facebook profile currently is in my car from last year. She's like, we were good friends. What are you talking? So, so yeah, that's, that's held over my head quite a bit that I have a horrible memory. <laughs> But yeah, so that, so Amy ended up, uh, being my wife. We started dating that second year of, uh, parade band at slick. Um, and, uh, since I was going to Weber state at the time, she was going to snow. She transferred up to Weber. Um, I graduated in music education. Uh, she graduated in psychology. So a big part of what has been going on for, for me and Amy since, uh, since we got married, uh, she worked. Uh, we both worked for Chick-fil-A once we got married. She'd been working for them uh, since she was 14. Um, so I kind of jumped on the wagon and quit my job at the guitar shop. And uh, and we worked at Chick-fil-A. She was hardcore about it. She's like, I want to own my own Chick-fil-A someday. So we always had that kind of in the back of our minds. This is what we're going to do. Um, I was uh, really into music. My dreams to be a performing musician um, I was in charge of the marching band at Weber State at that time. Um, I was leading the leading the band um, for football games and stuff. And then once I graduated, we moved uh, to Sugar House. Um, uh, I started working for uh, Ryan Lockett's parents. They had a saxophone manufacturing company oh, wow. um, in Sandy, just down the street from the high school. Um, and, and I'd heard about it. I didn't really know anything about it. So I gave him a call and I'm like, you know what? I'd really like to do something in music. Chick-fil-A is fantastic, but, um, I want to do music and I feel like this is a good route. If I don't want to teach, I just want to perform, um, manufacturing is better than teaching. So that's what I'll do. <laughs> and, um, and so we did that and, uh, I hung out with them, you know, for about a year uh, working on saxophones, doing yard work, a uh, bunch of fun stuff there. And uh, then I got a job teaching at a charter school in downtown Salt Lake. Um, and uh, that wasn't really the best setup for me. I kind of like the public school setting. Uh, so the next year we moved down to Wayne County. Um, if you don't know where Wayne County is, it's like right in between Richfield and Moab. And um, really nice place. It's kind of like on the border of the nice northern Utah mountains and the southern Utah red cliff type stuff. Um, and I taught 
band, choir, and theater down there. Uh, my second year there, they switched me from the high school to the elementary school, so I wasn't doing the band, choir, and theater up at the high school anymore. Uh, directed the musical Cinderella, which is one that we did at Jordan. Uh, yeah, I remember. Hopefully, I'll get talking more about that. And later, you, you had like a part in it, right? You were like, you played like <laughs> a king, right? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. did. I was, I was the king. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember in that end of year video, you drop your pants in your in the uh, at the curtain call. <laughs> yeah so i had this whole agenda with that i was just like i'm the king i've always wanted to be the funny guy i want everybody to laugh at me and uh i don't know if laugh at me or laugh with me but both happened yeah, I both think, work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so my mom made me a fat suit because the one that the school had had this big poop stain up the back of it mm, lovely <laughs> i'm not gonna wear that thing i'm not even gonna try washing it we'll just make it <laughs> We'll make one and uh, donate it to the school afterwards. Because <laughs> yeah. anybody wants to know that, <laughs> burn the old one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she made me some uh, gold shiny boxers with with like tassels on the bottom for when my pants fell down on stage. Yeah. I remember one time that didn't actually work uh, for one of the performances. I ran forward. Uh, was it for the bow at the end? I think it was everybody was bowing and, you know, we go up and we go down and my pants are supposed to fall down. And so I'm like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really working, yeah, so but, uh, yeah, that was, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Oh, then there's the marshmallow the, at the ball when everybody's dancing. Um, I came up with this little thing and everybody in the audience this this is before performances started so like the director's out there just cracking up over this stupid marshmallow thing because one of the songs at the beginning uh they're planning it out and they're singing i think ryan goldsmith uh was like the butler or something um and was it pierce uh pierce robertson i think i can't remember who had the other part it might have been pierce uh, but they were talking about like the different uh, the different drinks that we were going to have at the ball and different stuff. And the king chimes in. He's like, well, what about the marshmallows? We got to have marshmallows at the ball. So I decided to incorporate that into the ball. I got this nice shiny gold bag with a rope on it and put marshmallows in it. And the queen, <laughs> Mary Jane Castleton was the queen. She like grabs it from me. She's like what are you stupid? This is our son's, the, the ball. He's looking for a wife and you're, you're sneaking marshmallows in here. So she takes the, the bag from me and, and, uh, and so I sneak more marshmallows. I have like a secret stash of marshmallows that I just kind of bite off in her face. And it's, it's fantastic. It's like the perfect, you know, husband, wife relationship right there in the, in the Cinderella musical. <laughs> That's so funny. But so do you want to, so more in the catch up do you guys have, do you guys have kids? Uh, how'd you end up in Vegas? Yeah, so um, let's see. We got four kids. Our oldest is eleven now, and then and she's in sixth grade. Sixth grade down here is uh, middle school. Right. Um, so I was pretty happy. Uh, she got into the advanced band and the jazz band because uh, she was in my beginner band up in uh, up in Salt Lake. That was uh, that. Yeah, that was one piece. Uh, that I forgot to mention. Uh, yeah, the Wayne County thing ended and then we were back in Salt Lake and I was back at Cannonball and I taught elementary school band. And so, yeah, my daughter was in my band for a year and 
uh, now that we're down here, she's like making it happen at the middle school. It's I'm so proud. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and then let's see, we got an eight year old and uh, her name's Abby. 11 year old's name's Brenna. And then the six year old is Maggie. She's like, the only word I can think of to describe her is spicy. She's like, <laughs> um, <laughs> she's into tumbling and she can do everything. She like did her first backflip combination thing yesterday on the trampoline at the jungle gym. It was awesome. Um, and then we got a little boy named Parker. He's three and he's, he's just awesome. He's like the epitome of, of uh, what's his name? Goose on, on uh, Top Gun. Yeah. So he's got his his little aviator jacket and uh yeah it's fun. He's a little mini me. <laughs> so um but yeah, that's that's the kids. Um so how do we make it here into Vegas? Uh so my wife applied uh to to get her own Chick-fil-A um while we were in Wayne County and got got turned down. I think mainly cuz she wasn't working for him at the time, but she knows her stuff. She's been with him for 17 years now. Um, so when we moved back to Salt Lake, she um, she just she kind of worked her way up. We we went to her boss at the time and said, you know what, this thing of her working part time just isn't working for us. And and she basically told him, I know my stuff with Chick Fil A. I'm going to make this so that you don't have to go to work, and you're going to see results by turning it over to my wife. Um, so she talked him into it and, um, and that was kind of her big leap of me staying home with the kids and her going to work full time, um, which for a fast food joint is like 60, 70 hours a week. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it was better for us cause she, cause she would show up at cannonball to, to meet me at work and, and she would leave for work and I'd take the kids home. Um, so we'd never see each other, but, uh, but yeah, that was kind of her way of showing Chick-fil-A, Hey, I can handle this. I can do it like this other guy, his name's on the building, but you know, I'm giving me the credit. I'm running the show. Right. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so that was really helpful. Really. The only thing that she was struggling with at that point was interview skills. So she got herself an interview coach, and just kind of worked through because if anybody's heard anything about the Chick-fil-A operator interview process, it's crazy. Like I um, have heard that it's really rigorous, right? They're they're really don't hand a, a Chick-fil-A to anybody. Right. And it's not just about money. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what it is with other restaurants, but it's like you give them a hundred thousand dollars and it's like, okay, here yeah. you go. But for Chick-fil-A, they do like background checks. They do so many interviews. The buy-in is, um, I think it used to be 5000 Now it's $10,000, um, which is nothing compared to other fast food places. Right, right, but they right. want to make sure you know what you're doing. Um, so she was, I think, probably the biggest highlight about uh, her proving herself. The, uh, my favorite thing, at least, was the drive through at Chick-fil-A in Murray, um, right across from the hospital. Uh, when she started there, they were working on like 120 cars through the drive-through in one hour, and she bumped that up to 263 cars uh, through the drive-through in one hour, and it was like the top four when, restaurants in the when Western was she, region. When was she over that one? What what time um, period? It was so we moved here to Las Vegas at the end of February of this year. 
And she had been at that location for probably three years. Okay, because I remember this must have been 2020. It was when at a time where like most of the restaurants were closed, but drive through were open. And that one Chick-fil-A, I would remember I would pick up lunch for the office or something. And that one Chick-fil-A in Murray across from the hospital, like their drive through was like on it. Like <laughs> other, other, I remember other places we'd go and they're like, they did not have like their stuff together. They had no idea, but they just got a whole bunch of people out with like iPads taking, taking orders. Like it was like, it was running really smoothly. So yeah. It yeah. Awesome. It's awesome. And one cool thing about COVID um, no, well, not cool, but um, like they, they closed down the dining room and so they had no need for their parking lot anymore. So my wife's like, well, we're going to utilize that space and get all this traffic off of State Street so people have, you know, room to go. And then from there, she just kind of found out where the slow spots were and worked those out. And so it was just like cruise them, cruise them on through, run these orders out to the cars, and then they'd send like 10 cars out the door or out the parking lot all at once. So awesome. That's so, yeah, awesome. It was a lot of fun to watch. So but, yeah. Like, so did you guys I, get a store in, in in Nevada? Is that why you guys moved? To, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we wanted. To, <laughs> yep, that's why we're here. Uh, the, in if anyone's familiar with uh, with Las Vegas, it's uh, North Las Vegas up on Craig Road, like right in the middle. Like if you go straight north of of the Las Vegas Strip. It's like right there on Craig Road. Um, really great location. Um, it has a playland if anybody comes to town, but the playland has been closed. It's never been opened. <laughs> um, it's because catering, we, we want to you know use that for catering so big here. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, oh, there's so much cells there that the cells would drop like crazy if the playland was open. So so I take the kids to a different one so they can have the playland. <laughs> we, don't, we don't go to mom's work. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fun yeah so taylor um, so oh go ahead, go ahead um but yeah like so me taking care of the kids it's crazy because like there's there's all these i didn't write anything down about this so hopefully you know i'm collected about it but like but we get i think moms get kind of a, a bad reputation a little bit or they don't get the credit they deserve um because it's like it's like yeah you stay at home with the kids. What do you do all day? Do you just, you just sit there and me doing it. It's like, Holy cow, this is the craziest job in the world. And sometimes I think guys get a bad, a bad reputation because it's like, Oh, well you don't stay with the, you don't stay home with the kids. You don't, you don't know what it's like. And so you can't mop the floor. You can't clean the dishes right or load the dishwasher right or whatever. So like, I'm thinking it from my perspective of like, of, um, I, I don't know, I can't, um, as a guy, naturally I can't do anything right. But then as a stay at home parent, I sit on my butt all day and do nothing. And so I kind of get the best or the worst of, of both things, but it gives me like this much better respect for, uh, for the moms, or I guess more accurately, the stay at home parents of like, this job is crazy. Like I could go back to work in almost any field I wanted to and say, I know how to do that because I did it when I stayed home with the kids. And if I didn't know how to do it, I figured it out. I looked up a video on YouTube. I figured out how to fix the bikes or fix the car or fix whatever around the house. And those are mostly dad, dad jobs. <laughs> but, um, 
but uh, yeah, it's just it's crazy, and all the all the skills you develop, you could be like a child psychologist. <laughs> you could do all this crazy stuff just with the experience you get as a stay at home parent. So I don't know. That's that's me gloating about my <laughs> my my job. Um, but yeah, we're in Las Vegas. We're loving it. I'm currently uh, looking at uh, different rock bands to play with. Um, I wasn't much into Led Zeppelin in high school. I thought I, I thought I knew him cause I knew stairway to heaven and cashmere, I guess. Yeah. And now I'm in this other group and this guy sounds exactly like Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. It's awesome. crazy. And I got a call earlier this week from, from, uh, this group that, uh, that tours internationally. And, um, I just have to decide if I want to go play with them or not. It's, it's, it's like a big deal type of thing. Uh, cause it's hard doing the stay at home dad thing and taking that much of a time commitment out to do it. Um, but yeah, it's like my wife's dream came true and now I'm looking at my dream and I'm just like, holy cow, it could, could happen. I could be on stage in front of millions of people playing my bass. It's just, I'm on the fence right now about it. <laughs> is it, is it the right time? Um, that's but, awesome. uh, like I guess like, that's yeah. really, really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. I don't know. I'm worried if I pass this up that nothing will come, but I don't know. We'll see. But I started running a couple weeks ago, getting ready for for a half marathon on November nineteenth um, in St. George, oh, uh, Snow good. Canyon. Yeah, I'm playing in a brass ensemble <laughs> with a bunch of kids. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I normally don't play trumpet, but we're playing French horn in the band in high school trumpet just kind of comes naturally. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's probably a lot longer than no. Yeah. That's good. Normally get, but <laughs> so Taylor, tell us about like high school Taylor. Who, who were you back then? How, how would you describe yourself? I was a goofball. At least I thought I was like, I, I look back at myself and I feel like I had all these different types of personalities. I wanted to be like the good kid. I wanted to be the the kid who's I don't know like churchy. I wanted to be goofy though. I wanted people to make fun of me or not make fun of me. That that happened with I didn't even have to try. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted people to laugh at me um, or with me, uh, just make jokes and stuff. And um, I wanted to be seen. I guess that's probably the best way to put it. Is I wanted to be seen. And uh, as far as like. I guess overall, I guess you could say I was pretty insecure in high school because I was, I, I didn't feel like I could be friends with a lot of people. And I, I, don't, I don't really know why, but uh, if, uh, let's see, I was really good friends with Kyle Solomon all s- since first grade. Um, me and Dan Hansen connected. I think Dan Hansen connected with everybody, but we were pretty tight all through high school and I think middle school a little bit. And like looking back, I'm just like, holy cow, I could have had so many good opportunities making friends that I just didn't see. They were right in front of me. Um, and I, I include you guys in that. Like I totally could have hung out with you guys and, <laughs> and been better friends and stuff. But like, I think I have my own insecurities to blame for that. And basically just looking at myself and saying, why didn't I? reach out to these people. Um, the more I listen to this podcast, the more I'm thinking, okay, everybody seemed pretty similar of, they were just afraid to, 
to look outside themselves. They were, uh, they didn't realize how much everyone else felt the same as they did. And they just, I don't know, they wanted to be accepted. Or for me, I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be seen. Uh, but any little thing that made it feel like I wasn't accepted made me think, oh, they don't want to be friends with me. Mm-hmm. And if I would have looked past that, I would have just been like, okay, this person I can be friends with, this person I can be friends with, this person I can be friends with. I think probably the biggest thing that sums it up. Um, I mean, but I remember you as a very friendly kid. Like, I remember you as friendly and a positive person. Like, um, I don't know, try to, yeah, just like you're saying, try to be funny or try to be fun or, or be positive around people. I yeah. always remembered you being like really nice, but also I remember like Mrs. Heaton's like band class at Eastmont, <laughs> you know, like you, yeah, I always thought like super music guy, like really, really good doing your French horn and the bass. And I always, I can't do any of those things. I played the trumpet for like three years and then I hated every second of it. So I was like, as soon as my parents didn't make me do it anymore, it's like done. And now I, <laughs> now I wish I was like you guys that have continued and gotten better and like mastered that craft. Cause I think it's super cool that you've had decades now of experience doing this and now you have this awesome opportunity to come up yeah yeah it's awesome it's it's fun and looking back i don't think as far as like my experience in in band and in choir and the performance opportunities i had like with even doing the musicals at the at the high school um i don't think i'd change anything as far as what i participated in because like i look at my when i taught high school and in middle school, like probably the best piece of advice I could give to those kids was get involved in something you're passionate about in high school and devote all your time to it. <laughs> Cause that's what I did when I was, when I was in high school and I, I don't really regret it. Like I never had a job much at all going through high school. Like I mowed lawns on Saturdays. Um, but my first like official job where I had to fill out like tax forms was, was after my mission. And like, so, I mean, it was fantastic. Like I learned a bunch about financial literacy after I got married, which I kind of wish I would have learned earlier, but yeah, as far as like high school goes and the, the activities I was involved in, yeah, I wouldn't change. Uh, I don't think I would change anything. How have you changed though, as an adult today compared to high school Taylor? (sighs) Do you still Um, feel kind of like, as you were mentioned that even though you did try to be, you felt like I'm trying to be a good kid and, but at times you felt insecure. Like, are you still, do you still kind of feel insecure? How, how have you changed? What, how, how are you different? Yeah. You know, I, I do feel insecure a lot of the times. Like I'm, I'm, I just, I guess it's the, this, uh, this idea that like, I'm not good enough. Um, and, uh, and the more I listen to like, uh, different podcasts and stuff, the more I, I hear about, well, I, I guess I am good enough. I just, it, it matters what I think. It doesn't necessarily matter what other people think. Um, maybe it does, but for me, the most important thing is, is, uh, or the most healthy thing for me is if I, if I worry about what I'm thinking, if I'm alone with myself and I hate every second of it, that's probably not a, a good place for me to be. So I need to change something so that I'm happy being around myself. Yeah. As far as, uh, like kind of who I am now, 
I, I still, yeah, I still have those insecurities, but at the same time with some of the knowledge that I have, I feel like I can reach out to people a little bit easier and be like, Hey, I'm not going to say it word for word like this, but it's like, Hey, let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> like there's, there's people in Las Vegas that I think I have more friends in Las Vegas as an, as an adult than I ever had in Utah. And it's totally, it's weird because we, we get in this like Utah bubble type thing and it's like, Oh, I have to have a certain type of friends. And I get in Las Vegas and it's like, there's such a diverse population in Las Vegas compared to what we have in Utah. And, um, and that doesn't mean anything bad about anything different than what I, than who I interacted with in, in, uh, in Utah, like here in, in Las Vegas, I've got friends who they just, they look and act totally different. But the more I get to know them, I'm just like these people, they're, their parents, just like me, they've, they've got kids, they're good people. They're just trying to make it from one day to the next and they're doing the best they can. And they make mistakes just like I do. And that's probably one of the biggest things now that I, as a grown up, is like, it's okay to make mistakes. As when I was in high school, it was very much of, it's not okay to make mistakes and you always have to fix it. You always have to take care of it. And as a grown up, it's like, it's expected it, you, can't really expect not to make mistakes because that just kind of that's who you are and that's how you learn um so here yeah here in las vegas it's very much i don't know i <laughs> no, just, but it sounds like it, it's a positive change like definitely even throughout your adulthood it sounds like you were feeling some pressure to be good right if you're saying as a kid it's like i'm trying to be a good kid i'm trying to be good and then there's this whole thing of like you know, if you're being good, does making mistakes make you bad, right? But if you're right. saying like maybe, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I, I will anyway. But saying <laughs> like moving to Vegas kind of opened you up to like seeing a whole bunch of other people and maybe also uh, learning to go easier on yourself to understand that being good is not being perfect, but it's a process of being better, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Progress, progress, not perfection, all that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that sounds like also like a lesson learned. What, what other lessons have you, have you learned throughout your last 20 years of adulthood? Uh, let's see. Yeah. So failure is a normal thing. Um, I, I need to expect, otherwise I'll constantly be disappointed with myself. Uh, let's see if I want something, I need to go for it or figure it out. I can't just like sit around. I love that. Uh, one thing, one thing with my wife, I'll ask her a question or I'll ask her kind of what her perspective is or what, or maybe like, what do you think I should do? And her response most of the time is just like, I, I can't remember exactly what her words are, but basically you have a brain, you figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I mean, as, uh, as frustrating as that might be sometimes, it's actually really empowering because it's like, okay, I don't have to always get somebody's permission. I don't have to have my mom approve everything or my wife approve everything. Right. Because <laughs> someday it'll, it'll be my kids doing it for me. I'll be like, um, let's see, what do you think I should do? And my, <laughs> my child is going to be like, I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, figure it out because nobody else is going to do it for me. Let's see. 
uh, people are generally good regardless of background, upbringing, etc. Getting outside of Utah has allowed me to become friends with people I normally wouldn't because, yeah, just because of the nature of the, the lifestyle, I think, uh, that I was raised in. Um, I think those are kind of my main life lessons. Just kind of, <laughs> just go for it. Those are great ones. I like, I like going for something that you want. Like if you want something, work towards it. I, I love that. I think that's, that's such good advice. I think that by doing that, and I love that she says that to you because if she told you what to do all the time, that'd be a really easy way to have resentment later on. Like, I really wanted this, but you told me to do this instead. But instead it puts, like you said, it gives you, it's empowering. It gives you the control. Like if you didn't do it, it's not because she held you back. It's because you chose not to do it. Well, and two in marriage, you're like, it's like a lot of times, like a, a husband and wife, you, a wife wants a partnership. She doesn't want another kid to be like, tell them to go clean their room <laughs> right. or whatever. Right. right. You know, so that's, it's also part of like a, a healthy marriage. Oh, right. And like, and communication. I mean, obviously, yeah. Cleaning up after yourself and things like a kid. But when it comes down to like, Hey, I have these big passions, these things I want to do. Like, Hey, you're getting into running. You have this, this race coming up in St. George having it be something that you want and you're working toward it rather than your wife telling you, Hey, it's time for this. Hey, it's time for this. It allows you to have that freedom and, and growth. And I think it's just, it's fulfillment in life because you're choosing to do things for yourself that you want to do rather than just being told. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an easy thing to get lost in, you know, with going to work, like I, I went to work, but I, my heart was never into it when I went to work. Um, but when I stay home with the kids and I listen to podcasts about like stay at home parents and stuff, it's very much like this idea that stay-at-home parents kind of get lost and they kind of lose this identity of who they are and what their purpose is. And and so it's like, well, and somebody asks them, what are you interested in? What do you want? What do you want to do like for you? And it's it's hard sometimes. It's hard to uh, to respond and say, this is what I want to do because I'm so involved or it, it's hard because I'm, so, I'm involved with other people's needs. All right, the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, you hear that all the time. You hear that all the time. Yeah. That it's like a, a parent, the stay at home parent a lot gets lost in the kids and they like kind of sort of lose themselves. They're like a servant more than anything. Yeah. And that's like, it's the time of life, right? Like you, you have four kids and they need you. Like, this is a period of life where you have to be very involved. Like, Hey, you have schoolwork. Hey, you have these activities. You got whatever's going on and you can't just be like, a few kids, <laughs> you'll figure it out. I'm going to go do this. Like we have these responsibilities as parents, but it is easy. Like you said to, you know, as a parent, be like, well, you know, I, I want to do all these things, but like, I really should just stay at home and like, and do these other things with make lunches. <laughs> yeah. And so, I think it's important too. I don't know. I love that question. Like, what do you, what do you want to do? Cause I think sometimes we don't, we get caught up in life and it's like, I don't know. Like I, I guess I play catch with my kid or I, I want to go do races or I want to go play in a, with this band all over the world internationally, like, you know, whatever it may be. And I think sometimes we can forget that. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like my answer should just be whatever a parent should yeah. answer rather than what you really want. And it also sounds like music is still like one of your biggest passions. Right. Yeah. So my question is, are you going to 
like tour with this band or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I'm still trying to answer that question. No, it's... but honestly, like, is if you want to talk a little bit more about music as your passion, or have you found other passions? Like, because that's been a passion I think all your life. Are there other things that you've discovered as an adult that have become passions for you? Other Led Zeppelin songs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Kidding. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, as far as Led Zeppelin goes, Born it's like... Stomp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember in high school, I played in a band with, uh, with Darren Longman and Austin Healy and Adam Bauck and Alex Fackrell. And, uh, All good guys. Yeah. And uh, I think I think it was Adam Bauk. Amaryllis. Amaryllis. Yep, you got it. <laughs> yeah, it's a flower. I, I thought it was a it's cool the name, street name. Was... Yeah, all those streets in that neighborhood have flowers, but it's a, it's a sweet name for a band. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was, um, I think it was Adam asked me if I was into Rush at all because they have some really sweet bass guitar stuff, and I was never into Rush until I got married. Because uh, my in-laws are into Rush, but uh, but then I moved to Las Vegas in this this band, uh, not the one that tours internationally, but this other one. They're playing a bunch of Led Zeppelin stuff, and I'm like, how in the world did I miss all this bass guitar stuff? It's not like Rush caliber bass guitar stuff, but it's it's pretty. Um, and I, I think the bass guitar player for Led Zeppelin just gets really underrated a lot because I, I hadn't had no idea. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that as far as I guess what you were asking, Gonzo, I that that's something I'm, I'm like feeling like I'm constantly in a quest for what is what's something that I can be passionate about because uh, part of me is like, yeah, music is fantastic, but I'm not sure if that you know feeds my soul the way I really need it to right now. So there's music and then running has, has been a lot of fun lately. I'm not sure how much of a passion it is, but I just kind of wanted to get in shape. And, um, my dad was always doing marathons, uh, kind of while I was on my mission. So I figured I'd give it a try. And I mean, it's, it's a pretty big commitment. So I must be, must be doing something right with running. <laughs> That's good. That's Did you good. get into it because you wanted to like get back in shape or was it like, Hey, maybe this is something I could try and see if I actually like it. Oh, that's a tough question. I'd say both. I wanted to run for a long time. I just never really had the opportunity to. And now that my 11-year-old is in middle school, she goes to school an hour, two hours before everyone else. So I take her to school and then I just go. I've that's got awesome. 30 minutes every morning and I'm like, how much, how far can I run in 30 minutes? My training plan has basically been just go see what I can do in 30 minutes. And if, if I can go further, great. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. I did my long run yesterday. I went nine miles yesterday, but yeah, like the fact that I'm going, I'm running nine miles and I'm not completely wasted after it. It's like a big deal for me. Oh, I feel, That's and really that cool. feels good. Yeah. Yeah. So Taylor, tell me, do, do we have any beef? Do we have any beef? Oh man, let's see. Um, <laughs> I'll make sure. Oh, can I share? Actually, no, no, no. We beef. <laughs> Gonzo, I have a memory. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and uh, let's see. We were she won't. We listen. were on. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Okay. I just, you know, one of those life lessons we were talking about is like, I want to be as nice to people as possible. I want to, I want people to go away from situations with me feeling like they just left the best Chick-fil-A of their life. My pleasure. Yeah. Let me give you this (laughs) meal for free. Have a shake, whatever. (laughs) So, so yeah, I I know. (laughs) Next time we're driving through Vegas and stopping by that Chick-fil-A. Craig Street. (laughs) I got it. Uh, Craig Road, it's the, it's the first, it's like the first exit, the furthest North in Las Vegas. So Uh anyways, but yeah, yeah, that's one of my biggest things is like good experiences, good vibes, you know, whatever. Anyways, we were at a, I think it was like just for our our uh, graduating class. Uh, we were sophomores or juniors, I can't remember. Anyways, we were at Hard Rock Cafe for dinner. And the girl that I was with was really quiet. I had never been on a date before with anyone who's been so quiet and I'm just pulling crap from everywhere. Just like trying to make conversation with her (laughs) and I had no idea what to say. And I'd always been told, don't comment on how much your date eats, but I was desperate for conversation (laughs) and she ate so fast. And, (laughs) and I says to her, wow, you must have been hungry. You ate that really fast. <laughs> and and Gonzo's sitting right next to me. And he says, he leans over to her on the other side of me. And he says, whoa, yeah, you ate a ton. So, yeah, that was like my only beef. <laughs> was like, oh, I'm so sorry. That's hilarious. I was like, no way. Did he just say that? <laughs> Like my nights are gone or anyway. No, no wonder that first kiss didn't happen till after high school. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, sorry, Taylor. <laughs> but at least you didn't have to carry the burden all by yourself. I'm taking oh, some yeah. of that heat of uh, <laughs> ruining your date. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. Oh. <laughs> oh uh, Taylor, I don't have any beef. Uh, all the memories with you were all positive. <laughs> Same. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Steve, um, I do have to say, I, I was trying to think about any beef that I had with you, and I don't think I do, but I did have this memory. Uh, I, I never really have specific memories, just kind of general ideas and situations. I remember being really impressed when I found out that you spoke sign language and why you spoke sign language. And I thought of you as like so much more mature than the rest of us. And I was like, whoa, Steve is so much further beyond all of us um, just because of that. And I was, I just remember, remember that. And that's something that's always stuck with me. So I, uh, yeah, I'm impressed with you, Steve. <laughs> oh, that, thanks. That, that makes me feel really good. I don't think that there's, you might be, 100% alone and you're thinking of me being more mature at that time. <laughs> but I, it's funny as adults I can look back on that and there were and I think it's very common of children that have to be translators for their kids. Like you get put in situations so a lot of like Hispanic kids or people that like immigrants yeah. will come, you become like this translator. And so I, I had a whole lifetime as a child of having to interpret for my parents. 
And I know that Gonzo's had to do stuff like that. Yeah, like, of it's course. It's a very common thing. And so it, I think it does force people in certain situations and scenarios to have to be more mature, even when you don't want to be. Or sometimes you have to like be the voice for this parent. And like, even though this parent should be the one that's in charge of you, you're like, yeah, the roles almost switch. Um, so yeah. interesting you say that. Like, I, I appreciate that. That was a thought that you had. I, and <laughs> I, even if it, if at least for my experience, even if it doesn't make you more mature, I feel, I feel like it makes you more like self-reliant in a way. Like, mm-hmm. You and I, I don't know, Steve, your experience with it, but my experience is like being like both me and Romina were like the filling out official paperwork people or translating things and things like that it makes you feel like I can figure out. I'm never I'm never scared to like make a phone call to like a company and like mm-hmm. just like talk to someone, you know, or yeah, or or do my taxes or what you know what I mean? It's just like you you become like self-reliant or more willing to figure things out i feel like some people in our generation were like oh get a little like scared to do things or you know probably not now but as you're going into adulthood approaching adulthood yeah 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 but so tell me taylor do um do you have anything that you'd like to promote or anything else that in your um that you didn't get to to share that anything else you want to share (laughs) You know, I was just glancing over my notes, and there was uh, was it just one thing that I didn't? Yeah, we got the gold tasseled boxers, got the marshmallows. <laughs> Love it. Uh, <laughs> sometimes when we were in the pit orchestra, uh, we had like video games going on down there and candy, and it, it was a party. Like, I mean, if if you guys ever saw the musicals and the pit orchestra was down there, they they might have been being quiet, but it was total like party the whole time <laughs> it was crazy um if you had to look down there i don't know it been like disco balls and stuff <laughs> paper flying everywhere um i think jacob nelson had like a playstation or something <laughs> that's but, too funny <laughs> yeah um oh what else um the final jazz concert did you guys watch that on the did thea the- share that on the on the facebook group yeah, somebody did. I made I made the video, but oh, it was Joe. I think it was Joe, Joe Clark. Clark. Oh, Joe Clark yeah. shared it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So he, he shared my video. Just want to make sure everybody knows I'm the one who did that. And I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, um, thank you. That's a good video. <laughs> yeah, my dad's all t- tech savvy, so he helped me do all the transitions and stuff. But like, I don't know. We always thought that that was the funniest thing in the world of the which one is Randall show. Okay, there was this one situation that I thought was hilarious, and I think a bunch of other people did too, but um, there, there's, <laughs> there was this one basketball game, and the pet band was always there playing, and for some reason at the basketball games, I was always playing a different instrument. Well, this one day, Santa Claus had brought me an accordion for Christmas, and so I'd been practicing my accordion all afternoon in the garage because my parents didn't want me practicing in the house. So I had this accordion in the garage. I got this hymn book open because the hymn book has the national anthem in it. And I went to the game that night with my accordion. And I says to Mr. Clark, I says, I said, Hey, does the jazz band have the national anthem tonight? Cause I want to play it on my accordion. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and he, he knew how I was uh, on, on all the other instruments. He's like, He's like, yeah, I can trust you on all the other instruments. You can play it. You're, you're sure you're good. 
And I'm like, oh yeah, no problem. I've been practicing all afternoon in the garage. We're, we're set. And so, so I get up there front and center by the, you know, the, the stats table or whatever it's called. And, uh, somebody's holding the microphone up and I start playing and I get about halfway through the song. And when it gets to end the rockets, red glare, I just like slaughtered it and it sounded absolutely <laughs> horrible. It's like, <laughs> Oh, I mean, all I can think of right now is that Simpsons episode where, where the Apu guy says, celebrate the birth of your country by blowing up a small part of it. I did. I did it that day. On the accordion. <laughs> and so I felt like enough time had gone by where these people in on the, you know, in the, in the basketball arena had, endured enough of my <laughs> my bad playing on the accordion i was just like okay it's time for this to end so i just played the last two chords the last two chords are easy because they're always the same on any song it's just like duh, duh. <laughs> it was just like a hesitant clapping <laughs> throughout the whole arena it was what just was happened so maybe that's how the song goes in on the accordion <laughs> <laughs> yeah and notes. then I think Mr. Clark was just like shaking his head, you know, had his face. And then uh, who was it? Hutch. Is that his name? The mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one of the sports teachers or whatever. He like walked past the band and wouldn't even look at Mr. Clark. He was so mad. <laughs> it's really nice of them to let that special needs kid play the national anthem. On the <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yeah. So that's one of my, that's one of my funny memories from high school. But I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I I hope you know, hope uh, hope I don't make too much editing for you guys because oh, this no. was just like <laughs> all gold, no, uh, nothing yeah. to cut here. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, thank you so much for coming on. It's so it was so nice. It's so nice to see you. It's so nice to catch up, and it, it's nice to hear that you're doing good. That you guys are are thriving there in Vegas, and uh, just hope to. Hope to see you on the big stage playing that bass with Journey or whoever it is that you're going to tour with. Do they with. have a name or can you not say the name? <laughs> uh, the name is called, I think it's Next X. Mm, Next X. Check them up. They, Check them out. Everyone. Yeah, they're kind of, they, they do stuff with like Imagine Dragons and some of those other groups. I don't listen to that genre very much. I'm more into like Journey and the Eagles and Queen and all that good stuff. Journey Sticks. R.L. Speedway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's it's been awesome. Thanks for opening up and sharing, and uh, and hopefully we'll be down that Craig Road pretty soon. Yeah. Next Sharing time, next time we're we're driving past, we'll, we'll stop and grab ourselves a chicken sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. It's my pleasure, you guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, you take care. Good night. Okay, see ya. So Gonzo, we just finished talking to Taylor. What are your thoughts? <laughs> it was great. I mean, I had, I have good memories with Taylor. Like, I just remember him being just a nice guy. Like, just like you were saying, like, I think he described himself pretty apt. Like, he was a good kid. Like, you could tell he was like a, like, I don't know, not in a condescending way, but like a Peter Priestity, like kid, like one that made good choices, was always like righteous path type guy. Like he's, uh, but also remember him being funny and friendly and like, I don't know. I, I, I didn't see what he was saying, like that he had some shyness or he felt like not 
um, that he could have reached out and be more friendly. I, I remember him as being really friendly, you know, but it, it was good to, to hear his story, hear how he's been, like, still loves music, but, uh, and actually, like, his, he, him and his wife met through music and mm-hmm. him moving around and how they ended up in Vegas and now this whole staying at home dad thing. And I, th- I thought that was interesting. You know, he's talking about, like, obviously the gender dynamics between, um, like, gen- traditional gender roles versus, like, what people end up doing or what they want to do. And, and I think a lot of, like, those traditional gender roles are not they're it's they're outdated. not going around it's outdated yeah it's not happening anymore women feel empowered to be like do things outside the home like have the ambition to be the breadwinner yeah or or do something that makes them feel fulfilled and that's great and then there are some some people some men too that are very nurturing and and being a stay-at-home parent is something that they desire to do or you know it's like everybody's circumstances is different but i know he was bringing that up uh, as far as uh, traditional gender roles and the differences of that, that, that all that stuff is interesting but no, it was great to talk to him i loved it i love that they i don't know he in the intro just kind of catching us up he went off on that how one thing led to another led to another where like his wife's dream was i want to have a chick-fil-a franchise and they are not easy to get no they're not and so it's just really cool that he was able to be supportive of his wife for the dream that she had and now he has an opportunity and it's cool because i think that it sounds like the way that they're working together that hopefully he'll figure it out and make a decision for himself but he has an opportunity to do something that may be like a, a dream come true for yeah. him and i also I, I thought it was interesting who's gonna he, watch the kids when he's out like touring though it's just like just get an they, the kids have to come with him <laughs> just the, your favorite one <laughs> Um, but I, I thought it was interesting how he was describing himself as the stay-at-home parent. And I think that's super common. And we kind of, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but just you kind of lose your identity. Yeah, My identity you, is the stay-at-home parent. That's and what so I do. much like, I think Bonnie has said that too. You like go to a new ward and you're in Relief Society or whatever, or Elders Quorum. And they're like, all right, well, go tell us a little bit about yourself and like, you know, tell us something interesting about yourself. And Bonnie would always tell me, it's like, I hate that. You know, it's like, because you do, you kind of like... I like to say the F word <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but no, there comes a point yeah. that as a parent, you kind of lose yourself. It's just like, it's like, oh, I love like snowboarding or whatever. It's like, I haven't snowboarded in a decade. You know what I right. mean? It's just like, because I've just been watching kids and all this. So I thought that was really interesting where you like, it's not necessarily... It, it happens to a lot of people. It's common. I think it's very common when, like, and he's right, like stay-at-home parent is like, it's a demanding, especially when you got four kids, there's a lot of homework, there's a lot of activities. It's very demanding. And a so, lot of laundry. It, yeah, a lot. I mean, everything. It takes a lot, but hopefully as it's becoming more and more normal, like, hey, you got to do some self-care. You got to find things that you like and, and do those things. And your significant other has to deal with it. You know? <laughs> well, I, I think mean, that sometimes you should also have like, because he was saying like, my wife chased her dream. She's like living it. So like, I kind of, you know, I want to chase a dream too. And like music is kind of in it. I think everyone should have that opportunity to chase something. Mm-hmm. Just like he was saying, it's like, if you want something, you like one of the lessons was like, you should go for it. You know? mm-hmm. I like that. And I, and I believe that whether or not you're a stay at home parent or not, like within a relationship, within a 
a partnership, a marriage, you should support um, your your partner trying to achieve their dreams. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that stood out to me was, um, and you nailed this, like he described himself really well. I didn't see a lot of the insecurity stuff in high school either, but I think the way that he described it is like, I wouldn't have changed anything. Like, I think he did what he wanted to do. I think it looks nice. It's like, oh, I wish I would have had like more friends in this thing or done more of this, but I wouldn't have not gone to the band things that I he did. He was rocking that bass. Well, he was doing awesome. And, yeah. <laughs> and I think the fact that he still, like when he's teaching, telling kids, do whatever you want, do more of it. I don't have any regrets of high school. I think he did it the way he wanted to. Yeah. And when you do that, you don't have to have regrets. It's like, yeah, I, I really enjoyed my time. And sure, there's things I could have done differently, but what I have changed, what I've given up, what I did to get that, no. And so I think it's really cool that even though he talked about some insecurities and people pleasing and whatever, he he did what brought him a lot of joy at the time. And I think that's really admirable. And hopefully, it sounds like he's just keeping it up right now. So hopefully he keeps it up. And I just loved it. I loved that he came on and he reached out and wanted to be on and share. Me too. Thanks, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone out there, if you want to be on, just reach out to us, uh, jordanhigh2004podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And this has been another episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye.